You're listening to uh, Inside of You. <laughs> Did you forget? <laughs> With Michael Rosenbaum. I think that was the first time I just kind of go, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those mornings. I just did some yoga, bro. And I walked in on your yoga sesh. <laughs> I know. I wanted you to meet my yoga instructor in case you needed a yoga person. Because you know, I've had all the surgeries, so it's good to yeah. stretch it out, bro. <laughs> it is. Yeah? Yeah, it's very important to stretch it. You don't have to worry about that. You're a very healthy, non-surgery kind of guy. I should probably stretch more. I mean, I'm tall. I got a lot of limbs. You do. You're, I want what to, are you, 6'3"? I'm 6. No, 6'0". Six, are you 6'0"? Yeah, 6'0". <laughs> That's like Taj two point. What is it? <laughs> Taj two. Taj point oh. Taj point oh. Is it Taj point oh? Taj point oh. Yeah. And you're Ryan six point oh. Ryan six point oh. Got it. Yeah. Um. You know, last week just to talk briefly about that because it certainly was probably the biggest response uh, of any podcast episode I've had, and that was uh, Stephen Amell. Uh, kudos to Stephen for for being brave. As I've said, um, I did a KTLA interview. It was it was just viral. I think we were number two on Yahoo. It was it was nuts, man. It was like, you know, and thanks thanks to Stephen for be, again being brave, man. It's just like you know, a lot of people, especially celebrities, are always like, oh, can you cut that? I don't want to sound like that. And I've, I've done that. I did just did that with uh, Eric Griffin. I was on his podcast, and you know, I did Jeff Dye's podcast, and you know, I I thought shoot man should i have said that <laughs> and you know you you start questioning yourself but you know you're gonna say the wrong things but like you know steven he said let me hear the video let me hear the audio the raw audio and he listened and he said yeah man because i thought it was, i think it was important i think it's important and i could just tell and people were like good on you good on you steven I want to make this clear. It's not like, you know, this podcast is about, this is all about mental health. This is all about, you know, anxiety. And, and this that's not what it, the, the, podcast, the podcast really is about being honest, talking to people and just being open and seeing how they made it when they faced adversity, what they did, you know. And I and of course I get an anxiety and, and, and depression and all these things because I experienced them. So I always wonder if someone else did. And then maybe they could help me <laughs> and that they have any insight. I'm always looking for like somebody's going to have more information. I think that's what it's about. Like when you talk to someone, you might get something from someone. So you say, oh, I'm going to try that. Do you feel that way? Yeah. <clears throat> I wasn't expecting to be pointed at. So I had to clear my throat. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you were expected to be what? Pointed at. Did I just point at you? You did. Did I? Yeah. Point you mean like like ask asking you the question? Yeah, you weren't you you thought I was just going to keep rambling and not direct it towards you. I was I was I was ready to just sort of zone out. Yeah, well, don't. I, I gotta I gotta be I gotta be better about that. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to talk to me. Well, that's me, about being present, right? The only person in the room. That's about being present. But you know, it's uh, I think when we talk to people and we you know people listen to this, look, I don't want to listen to a, a podcast about mental health, and it's more about. You know, sitting down with celebrities, athletes, all these different influential people. And by the way, I'm going to have other people on the show, like um, therapists. I'm trying to get Dr. Drew. You know, those things are fun. But I'm just trying to improve myself. I think that's what it is. Like, how do I feel better? How do I get better? What, you know, what things can I try that aren't, you know, certain things aren't working for me. So what can I do to make things work better? Like for you, you don't do yoga, you don't stretch, you don't do any of these things. So maybe you start doing something and it becomes a routine and it helps you. Yeah, I should do these things. I just don't. Maybe because you're young. How old are you? 31. Dude, I could be your father. 
I am your oh, God. I am your father, Ryan. What, like it's sophomore r- year of high school? Ryan Teas Rosenbaum. Yeah, that'd be weird. I don't think I had sperm then. I mean, I did, but it wasn't effective. <laughs> I think I was shooting blanks till probably 30. I don't know. I was a late bloomer, man. Me too. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't start puberty till late. If we ever played uh, uh, skins and shirts and basketball, I sat out. If I was a skin, I was like, ah, oh, I just, I think I twisted my ankle just now. What? We didn't even start playing. We just chose whose skins or shirts. Yeah, I don't want to take my shirt off. I should probably have hair under my armpit, and I don't. So, um, I want to let everybody know that I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to Richmond, Virginia for cons. If you're interested or if you're near the area, come see me. We do a Smallville Nights, Welling and I. It's it's fun. You've heard me say it. I'm also on that Patreon now. I think it's pretty fantastic. I did a live podcast or live uh, Instagram the other day, nice. and I don't do a lot of them. So I'm on there, and when I got off, there was like 30 people had joined Patreon in in like 20 minutes. It was insane, dude. It was last night. Yeah, I was like, dude, everybody was really, really cool, and people were subscribing to the podcast, and I, and I appreciate it. I really just am blown away by it. Also, Tom Welling and I, of course, as you know, we uh, Knocking Point Wines, Stephen Amell's company. We made our own wine again. Last year it sold out. It's called Pure Evil is the name of our wine. It's two bottles of us looking at each other. I was the uh, evil last year. Tom was the pure. This year I'm the pure. He's the evil. It's Knocking Point Wines. And it sold out last year, and they wanted to do it again, so we did it again, and it's almost sold out again. So I don't know. It's a cool keepsake or whatever. Inside of you is the code. $10 off your first box, bringing the total of to $29 for both bottles. I, I think that's pretty fair. They're both great. We did some wine tastings. I don't know a lot about wine, but I know what I like, and it tasted good. Uh, Tom got something darker, you know, richer, you know, manlier. I'm always, like, a little effeminate with my wines and just my life. It's knockingpointwines.com, and uh, we're called Pure Evil. Great guest today. And by the way, Ryan, we're going video soon. We are going video soon in a few weeks. We got a couple of weeks left, maybe. What we're going to see, we're trying to be strategic, but uh, we've done some test stuff. If you're on the Patreon, you've already seen some. We've got some, right? I think we're posting some video Mm -hmm. of what it's going to look like, the show, a little test. And uh, we did a little interview me you and jess Jess, yeah and we did a little interview talking about guests and things like that so you can get extra behind the scenes stuff on the patreon i'm excited man this room's different it's uh we got cameras we we spent a lot of money here trying to make it look good and uh you know you could still listen to it's going to sound great and uh it's going to look great and it's a work in progress so get ready in the next couple weeks right now um she's been on the show before I'm always pushing her to, you know, she's always working so hard, this girl. She's always working so hard. I think they're doing a spinoff. She talks about some stuff because, you know, she's uh, Oliver Queen's daughter on Arrow. But a dynamic lady, and I consider her a friend. Although we don't hang out, but I still consider her a friend. Is that weird? No. Uh, That's about it. Let's get right in to Catherine McNamara. It's my point of view. Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Catherine Merck. I already messed it up, Catherine. (laughs) Catherine Merck. Catherine McNamara. (laughs) There have been very few guests that have come on more than once. Tom Welling. Mm Mm-hmm. Zach Levi, mm-hmm. 
Catherine McNamara. Oh my goodness. And maybe it's because they don't want to come back. I, I, don't, I don't really know the, the whole answer. But, you know, it, some guests I want, like Jenna Fisher. I go, will you come back? She goes, I will absolutely come back. And I believed her. She wants to come back. She had a lot of fun. I think she was surprised. I think mm-hmm. she probably was like, podcast. And But you had fun last time. We I had, had fun. so much fun. It was my first podcast ever. Mm. And I'm I'm a huge podcast nerd. So I, uh, I'm i a listener of your podcast. And You do listen to I it. I do. What's your favorite episode? Oh. Well, it's funny because I listened to Stephen's episode before Stephen I had Amell. met him. Yeah, Stephen Amell's right. episode before I had met him because I knew I was going on the show. Your episodes with Zach Levi are always awesome because Zach's a good friend of mine as well. He's, so he's the best. He's the best. So you listened to Stephen Amell's episode. Uh-huh. Is that because you wanted – at that time – at that time, you were a little sneaky. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say sneaky. You couldn't <laughs> – you withheld some information. I did, but only because I was sworn to secrecy by my employer. Which was Arrow. Which was Arrow. <laughs> Which was the CW or the WB or what is it? Many other companies. Um, but basically, I, when I first came on your podcast, I had just been cast in Arrow. And if there's any podcast I would have loved to talk about that on, it would have been this one. Yeah, right. But I couldn't. I couldn't even breathe a word of it. Now, I get confused. I don't know. It's not. I don't think Steve would be upset with this. But you know, I've seen an episode of Arrow. I watched him. I go, oh, good. He's good. That's a, It's a nice show. But it's not like I watch Arrow. Mm-hmm. I don't watch, you know, people assume that, you know, because I was Lex Luthor, I must love comics. I love, you know, this. I love people. Yeah. And also, I go to a lot of conventions to sign. And I used to go to conventions to watch, you know, f- to meet horror legends because I'm a huge horror fan, as I know you're a big horror I'm fan. I'm a huge So we'll get fan. into that, I know, because we talked about <laughs> it briefly before. But um, so I would meet actors at a convention. So it was easy for me to say, hey. I was Lex. Hey, you were Superman. Like Brandon Ralph was like, yeah, I'd love to do it, man. I was like, cool. I'll have the other Superman. And maybe I'll, so it's easy to get guests. People are cool. You get to know people being at these conventions, as you know, you've done a lot of conventions, right? I've done a lot of conventions. Yeah. Right. They're the best. I love them. Do you make a shit ton of money? I don't know. Comparatively, I feel like people like you and William Shatner make a lot more wait, than I do probably. Wait, did you just say <laughs> me and Bill Shatner? That's not true. Look, I, first of all, I will say one thing about the conventions. A lot of people don't know this. Many people think, oh, you go to these places and you take people's money. Some people mm-hmm. will assume that. Yeah. And I thought that for a long time. And then I actually realized, wait a minute, I am a fan. I used to come to these conventions. Mm-hmm. This is a vacation for me. Yeah. This, it, it's like almost if Catherine McNamara on her week off of Arrow was like, I'm going to Hawaii. Yeah. Well, these people, these fans, these friends, a lot of my listeners, they come see me at conventions or they're heroes. Right. Why isn't that a great vacation if you're going to go meet people that you admire or people you want to meet and you, you cosplay and there's events and there's – I look at all the toys I have in my house. I this think is it's be- so awesome. This is because of cons. I oh, love I it. the Star Wars thing. The Imperial Walker, yes, also known as an AT-AT. Yes. Yeah. I think they're really cute. Right? I do. I do I too. Have. They are cute. You want? <laughs> you, would you like that? Well, I wouldn't take it. It's so perfect up here, but I appreciate it for yeah. sure. Well, I'll try to find you one. Okay. Would you, would you really put that in your house? <laughs> I actually might. I have a little tiny It uh, pop doll. I have a few little things around my house. It so. pop doll. Uh-huh. Now, why do you have that? Is it because Isaiah Mustafa, your former co-star in uh, Shadowhunters, was in It too? I mean, I was a huge fan of It before Isaiah was a part of It, but um, partially because of Isaiah and partially because I just – I love that story and that property and that film, but – it was actually at a convention that I got that It Pop doll. I was in New Zealand. Some fan gave it to you. You saw it. No, I, I was at 
the pop booth and I saw a little one and I freaked out over it and bought it. It was a little clown. A little right? like yeah, a little clown um, keychain. Exactly. Um, if you look at my backpack for work, I have all of these enamel pins on it, and half of them are it. I've got like the little SS Georgie and a balloon that says "We all float." It's it's a little twisted, but that's who I am. Wasn't it cool? I, by the way, I'm not saying this because he's a friend of ours. Yeah, Isaiah Mustafa who was the old Spice guy, and he was in a movie I cast him as as to play one of my friends growing up, oh, T, awesome. and back in the day, in the movie Back in the Day. And he went on to Shadowhunters. He played he, my dad for four years. He play, yes, he played your dad in Shadowhunters. And he has grown so much as an actor. I love I just watching his journey, and now he's married to wonderful Lisa. And I just want to give a shout-out to say, regardless of what anybody thinks of the movie, if they love it, they hate it, does, it doesn't matter. If you look at his performance, I thought he would give a solid performance. And he should get work from that because he is – he takes good direction and he and he and he works hard. He really does. And I've I've learned so much from watching him. And that's that's part of how I learned how to kind of do the job on Shadowhunters is by talking to Isaiah and and you know every month or so we'd have coffee, find time in our schedule and have coffee and just chit-chat and catch up and Did he tell talk you talk about things? Did he tell you? It was a long time ago, so don't even think, but I was like she's really she's really pretty. He's like, <laughs> "Yep." I'm like, I, I just was saying she's pretty. She seems really nice and kind. She's very kind. She's very nice. <laughs> that's Isaiah. I'm doing my Isaiah. Yeah, she's, that's a she's, good she's Isaiah. Great. She's yeah. great. She's great. Okay. Good talking to you. But I, but he, I remember. He pulled but, a dad on you, didn't he? He pulled a dad on me. Yeah. <laughs> he pulled a dad on He pulled a, I'm a dad uh-huh. on the show. Oh, I love Isaiah. He no, is, he basically a, is my dad at this point. Between him and Steven, I'm completely covered. Now, or explain to, like, because we're going to get into some stuff. Yeah. I want to get into, like, last time I know we talked about. You know, you work all the time, and I said, give yourself a break, I think I told you. Probably. I, I haven't like, done that. Yeah, you never give yourself a no. break, and you think if you stop working, you'll just, like, completely freak out? I don't know about that. For me, it's it's because I love work, and that's that's part of why I do so many of these conventions on the weekend. Like, when I was shooting Arrow, there were so many times where I'd fly back and forth to Korea for a day or to England wait, for a wait, day wait, or wait, something. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say fly to Korea for a day? Yes. You fly to Burbank for a day. <laughs> you fly to San Fran maybe for a day. You don't fly to Korea for a day. I did. That's far. It's it's only a 10-hour flight from Vancouver. So that's a lot of, you know, but do you work every day? I was at that point. Um, and you still muster up the energy and the uh, the attitude? I slept for about 10 hours on the plane, so, you, <laughs> so it was perfect. I, I, this is an interesting <laughs> guest, guys, because most of the time we talk about guests, um, you know, people have their insecurities, People, everybody has insecurities, but people have their anxieties and their depressions and their things and the things that make them tick and adversity they face. And you're talking, I'm, we're talking today to someone who was on the show before, but maybe it's important to look at someone who actually functions really well under pressure <laughs> and doesn't let the best you know, doesn't let things get to her like we do. The reason I fly back and forth so much is because of these conventions. It's because I I agree exactly with what you were saying before. It's I had a long conversation with one of my friends before I did my first convention because I wasn't a hundred percent sure about the whole concept of it and, and right. all of that. It was a little strange because I didn't fully understand it. But it's become one of my favorite things because you can connect with people. And you know, we, we pour our blood, sweat, and tears into things as actors. And half the time people just go, yeah, that's, that's, that's nice. That's good. Either or, they don't yeah, see oh, it cool. or it's shit. Or it's, yeah. It's, it's like my dad. It's like my dad will say, I go, dad, I'm doing this movie. Where, well, when's it going to be in theaters? Well, it's an independent movie. So it's not a real movie? No, it could become a big movie. So you're not filming a real movie, right? No, I'm in. 
it's like it's just and, and most movies they just don't do what we hope they do most shows fall under the radar right. i did a show for two years called impastor people loved it not enough people loved it right and things go away mm-hmm. and that's the story of our lives it's that we get a job and we're working and then we're not exactly unless we're Catherine Mack. <laughs> well, it's uh, truly for me, it's been so special to get to actually, because I've been a part of these shows that have such fierce fandoms, to go meet people and connect with people and hear their stories and just talk and, and see the people that I see online in person because they've, especially the Shadowhunters fans, they have taken this this fandom and their their love for the show and taking it far beyond being fans of us or being fans of our characters or the show and created this movement and this wonderful space for people to feel accepted and loved and able to be their true selves no matter who or what they are. And I, I want to support that as much as I possibly can. Have you ever had someone come up and cry to you and then you get emotional? Several times, actually. Give me, give me a good example that one that resonates in your head that you you couldn't believe the impact you had on someone's life, and in in your response, tell us about that. I I have one in particular. It was a girl that I was having a coffee with, and she sat down and said, um, "You know, I just I wanted to thank you for this character and this story that you've told because I lost my mom last year." And have had to kind of take care of my 16-year-old sister. And this girl was 18. And my character on Shadowhunters lost her mom at a certain point during that season, right around the time she'd also lost her mom. And half of the season was about dealing with that loss and overcoming it. And, you know, Clary actually found her specific powers through that grief and in dealing with that. And this girl had somehow connected with that story and that Was she emotional to you? She was. And we both, you know shed a little tear and had a little cry and you know connected so you cried too you cried with her i couldn't help it i mean it's when these stories are so touching and so beautiful it's it's amazing you have to take a deep breath and you have to feel it it's important to feel it i don't know if it's you know some people i understand everybody has different um strategies or not strategies but sort of not defense mechanisms but sort of give me the word for god's sakes ryan do something uh, <laughs> I'm trying me. to think of it too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like they have their ways of dealing with things. Yeah, coping like, mechanisms. You know, Ryan. If we meet somebody and they start crying, maybe Ryan will go, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that," and he won't break down or he won't whatever. But you know, maybe I might just sort of like lose my shit a little bit and yeah. like feel with them. Yeah. Not always, but I'm saying people are. I'm not saying you would do that, Ryan. I'm what, just you saying. Break down. No, but like if someone cries in front of you and they're saying, Ryan, you really made an influence in my life and thank you so much. And they're crying. Also, you have the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but you have the wrong person. I'm sorry. This is not me. (laughs) But truly, it's it's the big things and the small things. So it's little things like that. But then also, you know, this just goes to show you the the heart that is in this fandom. We were at a convention in... This is for Shadowhunters. For Shadowhunters. We were at a convention in Brussels, I think. It was either Brussels or Paris. I forget. But we came on for the... You know, at the end of a convention, you go on, you're like, hey, thanks so much for coming, guys. Bye. See you later. We all walked up on stage and suddenly they turned the lights off. All the kids pulled out these giant harp-shaped balloons and started singing the theme song. Can you sing it? This room of like, well, it's a Ruel song. People, people know. It. I'm not. Gonna How does sing it go? It. Just give me a lick. I can't. I can't. It's the "This Is the Hunt." It's that song that everybody sings for our show. But um, they sang the whole song, and all of us on stage were crying by the end of it. All of you, guys too. Uh, I think a couple of us. Has, I don't. Have I don't, you seen Isaiah cry? I've seen him cry on screen and beautifully. Mm. Did he use fake tears? I don't think so. Have you ever used fake tears? 
I have, but that's after like a 10-hour day. And that's after crying. doing it 20 times. <laughs> exactly. My God, that's that's the hardest, man, when you have to cry and you just can't feel it. Or how about, I, I remember crying in a scene. I was just emotional. I wanted them to blow the vapor or whatever in my mm-hmm. eyes. And I had eight pages of dialogue after that. My eyes were swollen like golf balls from oh, this stuff. no. I looked like, I, I remember the episode. I remember how terrible I looked for like three scenes. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, can you guys do anything? What do you want us to do? Yeah. I don't know. CGI my shit. Marvel my (laughs) shit. It's so funny though, because sometimes there are days where sometimes if you're doing it 20 times, you need that by the end of it. But then other days, it it, you'll just connect with something on another level so deeply that you don't need it. And somehow it comes every time. Do you think you're... um... Do you worry about how you look on set? Do you you want to look great or do you just trust people enough to be like, hey, they've got my back. What can I do? Isn't it a sort of a waste of time? I think we've all been there as an actor. You're like insecure. You're this. And you got to hope that somebody's watching you from behind the monitor and says, Rosenbaum looks like shit. He's got a huge <laughs> booger under his nose. Can someone go? Do you, you have to have faith. You do. And it really depends on the character for me. Like there are some characters where – you're supposed to look good and you need to look good. And that's the point of it. But there are other characters and certainly particular scenes where you're covered in blood and you're crying and you're sweaty and you're supposed to look horrible right? as well. I think you should. And those are the points where I actually would rather look bad. You know, that's something that I give arrow so much credit for is that Mia, the character I play on there is she's a boxer. She's a street fighter. She is, a badass. She, well, she is. And she gets hit in the face just as much as the men on the show do. And it should show that. So every time she gets in a fight, she comes out looking like she's been beat the hell out of. Right. And as well she should. But some smoke. shows. Yeah, Mia Smoke. Mia, Mia smoke. smoke. Mia Queen. But Mia by smoke the way, queen. do you feel like this is a woman question? Or, mm-hmm. or, <laughs> this is a woman question. <laughs> It's a, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a good question. I'll give you a woman answer if you want. Well, I meant just it's like this is only you can articulate how you feel or well, in this room particularly. In this, well, that's true. <laughs> Present company. But like you're on Shadowhunters, you're on Arrow, you're yeah. doing these movies. Do you ever feel like, especially in a very, I mean, you're the lead in Shadowhunters, mm-hmm. and you're doing all these scenes and it's exhausting. Was there ever a time where like the, the because you're so kind, like when I said, would you do the podcast? And you're like, yeah. But I was like, I wonder if she really wants to do the podcast. Do you ever feel compelled? Like you just say yes to everybody. And you also say when they go, hey, we need you tomorrow morning. Could you wave your um, turnaround because it will save the crew money? And can you do this? And all of a sudden you realize going, you know, they're not asking the guys this. Do you ever feel like I'm not saying a show in particular, Mm -hmm. but have you ever felt like I think they're taking advantage of the fact that maybe I'm a woman or have you ever felt like that? I've never felt like that in particularly. And I think it's because I have a perspective on it. You know, if you can sort of tell which productions are a team. And I've been very fortunate to be a part of a lot of those productions that work as a team and everybody pitches in and everybody makes little sacrifices to make the show. Because ultimately, it's all about working together and everybody contributes their little piece. I am not above or a more important piece than anyone else on that set. And that's kind of what I love that's about... That's what you're saying so you go home and go, I'm the lead. No, it's truly how... It's I know, honestly I know. how I feel about it. Because our industry is one of those few left that you really can't do it on your own. You need a team around you in order to make it the best it can be. And everybody is an expert in their own field and can bring so much to that and so much passion to that. And when you get a team of people that each person 
is is so amazing at what they do, it just makes the whole so much greater than the sum of its parts. Let me ask you something about working on Arrow in this Arrow universe, and I'm not sure I understand it. I don't say that because I don't like it. I say it because I, I don't un- understand it. Okay. <laughs> um, when they talk about infinite Earths. Yes. And there's like part one. There's part, right? There's all yep. these parts. Oh, yeah. So let me, let me, am I right? Am I around the right? So there's the show The Flash. There's the mm-hmm. Arrow. There's Supergirl. What else is there? Uh, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Black Lightning. Black Lightning, right? Batwoman. Bat- these are all on now. Yeah. So all these shows, it's a crossover. Oh, yeah. So when they say Infinite Earths, it means all these shows are com- like crossovering. Yeah. Like you'll get a character from it. So it, it sounds very difficult. It's very difficult to keep track of. And I think the hero, the real heroes of that are the writers and the 80s because the writers had to somehow coordinate their entire seasons to build up five different shows around this week of television, basically, when you put it's it all together. It's a week. It's one week. So It's split up. There's half of it now and then half of it after the holidays. So how many episodes total? Uh, five. Five episodes of crossover. So if you do, how many episodes of Arrow do you do a year? Well, this past season I did 10 because it's 10. It's yeah, so it's over. It's yeah, it's done. So, uh if Stephen Amell comes over my house for some reason, he would be talking about a show that he was on. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yes. So you're acting with people from other shows. Mm-hmm. And I know they do that with movies now, with all those Marvel movies. They, exactly. So that's where they kind of got the idea. It's it wasn't like an original idea, but it was a, a follow. Right. Yeah, it's kind of the, the Avengers endgame of the CW DC TV universe, as if you will. But what's cool about that is you not only have characters from all of the CW shows, there's other characters from, from other parallel Earths as well. And that's kind of how they work like, out. Well, that's kind of how they work out having like three super, Supermen. Exactly. Right, right. You have Brandon Routh, you have Tyler Hecklin, and you have Tom Welling, who all play Superman right. from different Earths. What about the Lex Luthers? Uh, they only had one. Who was that? Uh, they had John Cryer. I know they had okay. John Cryer. Well, don't he ask was, me. He was on the podcast. Okay. Well, Were you disappointed know. that I wasn't on the show? I would have loved to have you. It would have been so yeah. much fun. Yeah, of course. It would be, I love all those people. But I, I didn't see get them. to work with Welling either, so there you go. Yeah, I don't. I think he worked with Erica, right? And John. I believe he worked with Cryer, maybe? Uh, yeah, he worked with Cryer. He also worked with Hecklin. And Hecklin's a nice guy, too. I love Hecklin. He's a really He's the sweet best. guy. Yeah. Super, super cool guy. Um, You're surrounded by a lot of guys. Yeah. Are there, are there? Do you feel like there's a lot of women, enough women? I do. Shows? Actually, you know what? That's it. It felt very balanced on the crossover because I had several scenes with Melissa and Ruby and with Katie and all these amazing folks who it, it was, and then equally with like Grant and and Matt Ryan who plays Constantine, like all Matt these Ryan. I met. I yeah. love Matt Ryan. Matt, he's English, right? He's Welsh. Welsh, because he's like I can't do a Welsh accent. Like, oh mate, I. mate, we're talking about mental health and like meditation. He's like, listen <laughs> to this guy, Alan Watts. Alan Watts. I'm doing Australian, aren't I? Doing I don't Australian. know what you're doing, but it works. Um, are there enough Jews on these shows? I'm Jewish. Are there enough Jews? You know, I didn't ask. Okay, I didn't ask around to get everyone. What kind of question? What kind of question is that? Do you do you get excited about work every day? You know, because I know li- memorizing yeah. lines is so easy for you. We talked about that last time. I think you you can just look at it and know it pretty much, right? When I'm in the groove of it, I can read a scene once or twice and know it. Why is that? Is there is there a certain like fearless thing with you? Like you're just you have so much confidence that you don't even get nervous at all. That you can relax, your mind can relax, and you can memorize this shit. I think it's just the fact that I was a huge nerd growing up. Yeah, because you're a reader. Yeah, you I read a lot. Was constantly with a book in my hand. Constantly. You, 
I would memorize the infomercials by accident as a kid, like the phone numbers. If there was something that, you know, I wanted as a Christmas present, I'd just write down the phone number. I know one. Which one? 588-2300-EMPIRE today. <laughs> right? There you go. Free av- You should get them as an advertiser on yeah, the show now. Yeah, do you think now. they you need just- me? They I would- think they do. I think they do. I might need them. No, but the other cool thing that's about the whole Infinite Earths thing is we bring in characters from other shows as well. Like we had Tom Ellis from Lucifer come in and play, you know, the devil himself from Earth 666. We had, we had Kevin the, Conroy, who we had was the Kevin voice Conroy. of Batman, play Batman. Yeah. It was kind of amazing to see all these little cameos and these characters brought in and also to see the relationships between characters you otherwise wouldn't see. I thought it was really cool for Mia particularly because – so many of these characters are so close with Oliver, like Katie Lotz's character and like Grant's char- Grant Gustin, who plays the Flash. Right. Those two characters know Oliver so well, and I had a lot of work with them. So they know those qualities and can recognize those qualities in Mia. And then suddenly they're either working with her, butting heads with her, or managing her more aggressive tendencies. Who do you love working with? Like, like I know you're going to say everyone because you're such a nice person. But for, <laughs> for a second, let's not be as nice. Tell me who, like, when you hear you're working with them today, you know it's going to be the easiest day ever. You know that it's going to be fun. You know it's not going to be a pain in the ass. I'm not saying you don't love people equally as much. Yeah. I'm saying who is that one person that you just really get excited to work with? Does it have to be just one? I'm really bad right, at favorites, with Michael. Go with two. Ugh. I'm not saying you're, the, you're your favorite. I'm saying, <laughs> like, for instance, Rob, my friend Rob's coming over today. Yeah. I know. I'm a loser. It's Friday night. Yeah. You know, my friend Rob's coming over. If Rob or Tom comes over, when mm-hmm. Ryan comes over, Ryan right here, the engineer, mm-hmm. uh, when he comes over, I get excited. I'm like, oh, I like Ryan. I like yeah. seeing Ryan. Yeah. He's, he's easy to be around. Yeah. Who would you say? Well, you know what? I would say I had a lot of fun working with Steven this year because I didn't get to work with him last season at all given the way the storylines were. And now that, you know, thank thanks to Crisis on Infinite Earths, the monitor brought me 20 years in the past, and I had most of my work with Steven this season. And it was really so much fun. Why was it fun? He's just such an impeccable actor. And, and I don't know, there was something about the way they wrote our scenes that it was it put both of our characters off of their steady he ground. He was your father. Exactly. We're our characters. We were each other's biggest biggest vulnerability. And so being put right in front of your biggest obstacle of your entire life and having to deal with that, also knowing the world is ending and all these other things are happening, it's it instantly puts such confident characters out of their comfort zone. And as an actor, that's always fun to try and figure out. How big is Stephen Amell's trailer? He has actually one of the best trailers I've ever seen. Why is that? He has an old Airstream. It's awesome. An He's got like a silver Airstream. Airstream. Well, it's a new Airstream, but it's Did he ever ask you to come designed. read lines with him? You ever read lines in the Airstream? No. Not in a perverted way. But it's like, <laughs> I don't think of it. I actually, you thought I was thinking that, and I actually wasn't, surprisingly. Okay, good. Yeah, I wasn't going there, and you were going I'm there. I'm sorry. But if you ask a woman, if you go, hey, did you go in his trailer? That sounds weird. This day and age. Yes. Well, any day and age. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out. And it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially ryan here have been using it for a while and i you know don't you notice when you don't use better help when you don't have therapy oh the weeks where i miss a session of course yeah yeah it's just it's 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 like 
the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. I got found, Rocket Money. <laughs> okay, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming de- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. I mean, you're working with so many actors and it's got to be like, do you ever... Is there a time where you're like, God, I wish we'd be done with this infinite earth thing. It's exhausting. I don't know what I'm doing today. I don't know. It, it just seems like it's so much. Like I would have had a panic attack every day. There were days of that, but maybe it's just me. And maybe it's because I've been a part of so many from Maze Runner to Shadowhunters to this. So many of these crazy, we have so many characters and everything's happening all at once projects. You just resign yourself to the madness and lean into the fun of it because you get to go to work every day and wear a super suit and work with some really cool people and run around. And, you know, I remember looking around one day on set and 
I was in my super suit and then there were a couple Superman and Supergirl and the Flash and everybody and you know Green Arrow everybody was there and I'm just going this is how is this my job? This is surreal. how is this what I get to do for a living? This you, is insane. You know what? You know you're you're one of those people like my dad where well, I, I don't know if this is true. But I think my dad had more fun when he went to work with his colleagues and <laughs> he was the boss guy. And when he get home, he was kind of like, uh, I was like, oh, fuck. You know, I was like, dad's home because he just, it just seemed happier when he was at work. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just saying it just felt that way in a lot of ways. Whereas I think you love your work. That's what makes you happy. I do. Now, when you go home for the holidays, I mean, mm-hmm. you see your mom and dad. I go home and see my grandparents, my mom, my friends, family there. It's it's really where is that? It's Missouri, Kansas City, yeah, Kansas City, yeah. I, do, do you let go? Can I you do. put your work down? I do, and that's why I go home for a couple days because I I my grandma's house has always been my happy place. They have a huge woods in the backyard that I used to just go wander around as a kid. It was like my literal and imaginative playground and uh i used to just run around in the woods by myself and make up fairy tales as a kid and i i think that's part of why i became an actor i think i was always a storyteller i just didn't know that you could do that for a living and eventually that's you know obviously ended what i ended up doing is it hard to be present with so much going on in your life is it hard to be when you're listening when you're talking or like when we're talking right now Mm -hmm. when people talk christopher walken once said this he was on Conan O'Brien. I'll never forget. I laughed so hard. He okay. goes, is, you know, when, when people are talking, they, they're thinking of other things. Even when I'm having a conversation with you, I'm thinking of a million things. And Conan says, what are you thinking of? And he says, I don't know. Tacos. And so, <laughs> you know, like when you're with your family, are you thinking Infinite Crisis, Arrow, this Christmas movie? I've got so much going on. Are you really, really, you can just separate. I can separate at this point because there are so few times in my life now that I do get to slow down and by my own doing and by my own choice because there's I, I'm a workaholic. I like to be busy. I like to do things that I care about. And I if if I can physically make time for it, why not? Um, but when I'm home, that's the time that I actually do get to relax and just be with my family because those those are the rare things now. Those are the special moments that I get to just catch up and sit in my grandparents' kitchen and everybody wanders in and ends up having, you know, second meal of leftovers or we just open a pint of ice cream and everybody grabs a spoon or, you know, little things like that. Do they look at you differently though? Do you feel it like they're amongst or amidst uh, someone (laughs) of, of, uh, is it amidst, right? Ryan, you nod your head. Amidst is the... Yeah. Yeah. That's a word. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But do you feel like sometimes they treat you like you're... Someone different. No. No, they treat you like... Absolutely not. Right. No. No. And actually, that's one of the things that I I love most about my family and my friends from They don't care? Or or they pretend they don't care? As far as I know, they don't see me any differently, which is, I think, wonderful. I think the minute they see me differently is the minute I need to worry about what I am presenting to the world. There's no reason to be anybody different because of what I do or because of the jobs that I've done. That's true. You know, it's, I'm still me. But you're very mature. Like you're you're more mature probably as an 8-year-old as I am now. <laughs> I think I was more mature as an 8-year-old than I am now. Yeah, cuz you you graduated <laughs> high school I think when you were 14 or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't that can you even imagine I barely graduated high school. <laughs> I think cuz I have ADD and it was hard for me to focus. But you didn't have ADD. No. You were zoned in. 
I was, but that's, I also was allowed to do school at my own pace and in a way that worked for me. So it, it, I think fostered exactly what I needed educationally. And I was able to, you know, if I wanted to stand up at my desk, I could, if I wanted to do my homework outside in the middle of the woods, I could. If I wanted to do it standing on my head, that was what I did for the day or whatever I needed, you know, and I could do math for 12 hours a day if I wanted to, or I could do, you know, a little bit of everything as long as I got it done by the time it was due. And that's, that's what allowed me to, to let my brain do what it needed. And I just kind of went at my own pace and suddenly I was graduated before I even realized it. I was graduated. I wouldn't even said that that right way. I don't suddenly know if that's I, the right suddenly way. Suddenly I was graduated. I would have said suddenly I graduated. That's probably the proper way. No, to say it's it. not. I bet it's not. Someone out there is going, oh no, she's right. She's right. <laughs> it's William Shatner. Yeah, see, she is. What do you what scares you? Uh missed opportunities. Stagnance. Stagnance. Mm-hmm. I think stagnance is if, equivalent if, to death. If you ever get married, do you ever think you'd ever want to get married? I'd love to. You would? I would, yeah. Well. Did you hear that, Ryan? She wants to get married. <laughs> not now. Uh, no, 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 not now. <laughs> not now. No, but like give me time. But um, eventually, yeah, I'd love that. Now, what would you look for in in a partner? Somebody who makes me better. Somebody who I can talk to and debate with, and who makes me think, and who makes me think differently than I otherwise would. You left out a big one. Hmm. Laugh. Well, that's the other part. Somebody so who makes gotta, me laugh. Somebody who, laugh. yeah, of course. I'm a big, I'm a huge goofball. You have, that's how my my whole family is that way. We'll laugh about a situation before anything else. I don't. My grandparents, for example, I don't think I've ever seen them fight once in my life. They'll make a situation silly and laugh about it. How old are they? Before anything else, they're in their seventies. Does your grandmother ever take you aside and, and, and just tell you how much she loves you? Yeah. And how proud of you she is. She texted me yesterday. She's like, I love your pink hair. Is your hair pink? Yeah. Do you know I'm colorblind? I didn't I, I just know thought that. it was like a white. No, it's pink. Yeah, I am colorblind, so I can't differentiate a lot of colors. That's I can so see funny. colors, I but I can't. That. Yeah, I can't differentiate a lot of them. So I really thought your hair was really cool, but it was white, but it's pink. Thank you. Yeah. What is it about horror movies that turns you on in a, in a good, like, that, that makes you just. I mean, you love them, and I, I love them. I have my reason for them. You I tell th- me yours. I think it's a couple things. Part of it for me is nostalgic because my mom also loves horror movies, and so she's she's the kind that'll just turn them on on a Saturday afternoon just because they're fun. So that's kind of what I grew up with. Like what? What did she introduce you to? Uh, oh God, so many things. I watched Carrie with her for the first time. Um, they're all gonna laugh at you. Mm-hmm. What else did I watch with her for the first time? A lot of hit, the birds I watched with her. This is um, this is something I experienced with my mother. She used to, yeah. she used to make me watch like Motel Hell, make them die slowly. Yeah, that's why I'm fucked. I watched a lot of those. It's a lot of like the little ones on Netflix that I I don't even know what Gerald's they are. Game. I haven't seen Gerald's Game. My buddy game. directed it. Mike Flanagan. He was a guest. Listen, okay. listen to me. If you love horror, yes, go back and listen. About three weeks ago, okay. Mike Flanagan. He directed Doctor Sleep. Oh. He directed um. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Oh my God. He created it. <gasps> He's an amazing director and you should work with him and I'll put the good word in. I would love that. And boy, I mean, he j- it's a great interview. I'm not p- tooting my own horn. Mm-hmm. You were there, Ryan. I was there, yeah, yeah. It was really good. It was good. I was like a kid in a candy store. I, I was bet. like, we were talking about The Shining, like, I mean, everything, Stephen yeah. King. And so for me, when I watch a horror movie, it's like a roller coaster ride. It's exactly. it's adrenaline. Yeah. I want to be scared. And my problem with movies nowadays, I know I sound like an old dude, but I just nothing scary. Yeah. 
Nothing really scares me. Yeah. The jump stuff, I want something like like I talk about this, like Insidious was a great first two acts. Oh my acts. god, that movie scared me so much. Oh my that god. That was one horror movie that did scare me. The tulips. There are very few movies that actually terrify me. Oh, exactly. I love the suspense though. That's what I love. It's that it's that yeah, it's the adrenaline, it's the, the suspense of sitting there and watching it and, and maybe it's the the game of it all maybe it's the you know I've, I've also been toying with the idea of directing but maybe it's the I director was gonna ask in my you head. about that I we'll, we'll talk about that but it's the the toying with that idea of the formulaic nature of how do you do that how do you build that suspense properly and then let it deflate just enough so the audience feels safe and then really you can scare it's, them it's genius you and know? when it's done correctly exactly. and unfortunately you know, if you think of movies like, if you guys like horror movies you, that aren't gory, there's a movie called The Orphanage. I've not seen Del that. Del Toro. One. That will blow your mind. Okay. You want to see a zombie movie? Want to uh-huh. see a good zombie movie? Train to Busan. Okay. You want to see a cool horror movie that's really original with a great score and shot well? It follows. I was going to mention it follows. That's one of yeah. my favorite See, horror. We films. should watch horror movies. I have horror mo- screening. I, I I screen horror movies with a bunch of my Mormon friends. I'm friends with my buddy John Heater, who's Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, he's Mormon. Amazing, and I love him. And he's like he's very family oriented. He kind of you know it's it's just good. I, he has me over for dinner. I see what you know it's family, but they come over. We watch horror movies. We we dig up. We just really search for good ones, mm-hmm. and it's hard. Yeah. But anyway, but that one I love because I love it follows because it's so simple and it's that concept. It's also one of the the best abstinence movies ever, isn't it? Because it's it's like the I'm worst not going to have S- sex after this. Yeah, it's like an STD from from hell. Yeah, you get, <laughs> it's it sort of is. You're like, what the hell? So if you have sex with if somebody has sex, then it goes to that person uh-huh. that that person that the guy had sex with, right? And then it it's it's the thing that will follow you. A steady pace, a slow pace, but a steady pace. Forever. Forever until it kills you. And then it goes back to the person who gave it to you. Right. Unless you pass it, it on to somebody goes else. Back. And, and you never know when your time's they should make it yeah. it follows too. They should. But this time they could bring but they why can't they do have like gay characters? Because maybe, you know, th- there weren't any gay they, they assume that sex is just a man and a woman, yeah. right? In in this movie. But what if it's well, I guess the characters just happen to be straight. Right, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just yeah. saying maybe in the sequel, you know, it could be anybody. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, you know what I was thinking? What? Butt sex. That's why I was thinking that. <laughs> oh, if it would, if it still Yeah, works. so if you had butt sex with someone, <laughs> that person would get it. But they didn't have any butt sex. Right. But I know that sounded, I don't know how to get to it, but now it didn't sound great. Well, if you think about the story logic, that's actually a valid question. And you could still have butt sex with anybody. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how do we go? How do we get to that side? Me! I'm curious how you're going to dig yourself out of it, though. Well, well, we could go back and just talk about, you know, other horror I, movies was that love. Was that really not good, what I just talked about? I think it's fine. I mean, it's yeah. it's not the most orthodox question, but it is a valid question given the story yeah. we were discussing. So I, I was think defending gay people. Exactly. I just want to see more gays and gay people in a horror movie. No, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> the, the one horror movie I did see this year that actually terrified me was Us. Oh. It... That... That's where we differ. Oh, really? I felt it was. Here's my problem with us. Tell me. Because the director, the first one was brilliant. Oh, get out. Thought, get, get out, out also. Get scary. out is just brilliant. Yeah. I, I'm not going to sit here and kiss someone's ass. If I look, I, great director. Yeah. Looked great. Right off the bat, you knew none of this. these family members were going to die. There's no threat. And it was just like, 
Why are you talking like this? It just seemed like, what are we doing? I was just like, fuck off. The opening scene was scary, and then it just got, it bored me. It became kind of funny, and then it, it wasn't funny, and it was supposed to be scary. I wasn't scared. You were scared? I think it terrified me in the way that Black Mirror terrifies me. And there's just these these underlying concepts in our humanity that you kind of wonder the what if of who we are as human beings and that what what lies within us is scarier than anything any monster that could be lurking somewhere yeah that's kind of what terrified and the whole mirror thing also really freaked me out i remember i was i was actually staying at the sutton hotel at the time of course. which sutton we all know and love is in vancouver where everybody who's anybody and, and every actor stays there every actor stays there i was it say- hasn't been redesigned since 71 it's true and you know how many glass doors and mirrors and oh, reflective surfaces it's like the shining yeah so i get back to my hotel and i'm sitting by myself in my room at like two in the morning and i can't sleep because there's so many mirrors and glass reflective i'm just staring at my reflection you were creeping for out. hours and hours on end i couldn't I couldn't move. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. It really got to me. Wow. And the whole it's Us. a bitsy spider thing. Yeah. I don't even remember. Do you it. catch that? It's the song that the little girl sings. Oh, yeah. And it's if you think about the lyrics. When I, I remember. Yeah. And then I didn't realize it till the end of the movie, but the lyrics of the song are basically the plot of. Here's what I was thinking. When I saw no that poster. Spoilers. Yeah. And as a publicity thing, they had the golden scissors or whatever. They were kind of. You know, giving to random people. And I was like, oh, I want a pair. This looks great. Someone's going to get, like, stabbed in the eye. Someone's going to get these scissors have some, like, I just was expecting a really scary movie. Yeah. And to me, I just, it just fell short, that one. But Get Out was brilliant. So I give Get Out a solid B plus, And I give uh, Us uh, a C minus. I feel like I need to get a list of horror movies from you that aren't like yeah. the standard horror movies. I will give I you a good list. I'm, I'm good to, like that. I, that. I am jaded. I, That's okay. I, I'm jaded because I've seen so many horror movies and so – fuck, I, I feel bad sometimes saying it, but I'm like – I wanted to have like a horror review, mm-hmm. like my own show, mm-hmm. and I go, I'll never work again. People will hate me. Who wants to come <laughs> up? I don't know. They just don't make a lot of horror movies anymore or they go right to the shelf. Mm-hmm. And But you know what they do make a lot of? Hmm. Christmas movies. They do. You made a Christmas movie. I did make a Christmas movie. For Netflix? Yeah. What's it called? It's called Spirit Riding Free, Spirit of Christmas. And it's for the family, right? Yeah. It's a a lovely animated kids film. It's 45 minutes. It's a sweet little Christmas train ride. It's it's a roller coaster. And you sing. And I sing. What songs do you sing? I sing some new original Christmas songs. They, I didn't write them, but they're original to the the show. Are you that good of a singer that you could just, you could pick it up? It was easy for you? I was able to pick it up. I'm so used to it. When I was in New York, I would do readings all the time of new shows and things like that. I'm used to getting – there was once I got a nine-song score. or I, I had nine songs in and this how, musical, and I had to learn them in a day and a half. That's not going to happen for me. <laughs> this is why I question acting. It's like that's too hard. How did you do it? You just do it. You memorize the songs? I didn't have it was script in hand, so but you I had to know the melodies. Me, but I had to know it enough to. But couldn't you sing hear it face. before and then redo the verse? Like <laughs> if they're like, "I'm swimming in the snow," can't you just then look at it and go, "Oh, can you play that back again?" I'm sitting in the snow. Yeah. Do you do that? That's kind of what I. So they would. I think they either sent me <laughs> tracks or I went over it with them for a day and recorded everything, and then I just I literally listened to it nonstop. If it's something I have to learn, especially musically quickly i'll turn it on repeat while i sleep and just let it play over and over and over what's again a song what's a, what's a song from there that you remember just you're not gonna sing it 
No. No. What? Who's your favorite band? Like, what do you what do you like to listen to? Well, right now I've been playing the In the Heights soundtrack from the Broadway musical on repeat because I met Lynn years and years ago when I was in New York, and he made a real impact on me. And um, him and his whole team, seeing them have such astronomical success, it it. It's so touching to me because they have the genuine, amazing hearts and the true superhuman talent to match. And it's so rare that it, that happens in the world, that amazing success happens to incredible people who are so phenomenally talented. All It's it's like the trifecta of just rightness that never happens. And I, I had press all day yesterday, so I wasn't able to watch the trailer until I was crawled into bed. I couldn't stop crying. I watched it and within 10 minutes. I was just bawling my eyes out because it's just, it, it's, I know, I know their hearts so well and it's just a huge step for them. And it's just a culmination of everything that they've worked so hard for so many years. And now I've just got the, got the Broadway musical on repeat because I just, it makes my heart happy. You know, Ryan, I don't know about you, mm. but when I'm listening to Catherine, I get this sense of like, like this is just the beginning for you. Like, like I think I said it might be la- maybe last time, but I just you have the very few people have this, but you have that sort of Kristen Bell feel to you. Oh wow! You have that Thank like you. well, you just have that. You know what it is? People like you because you're genuine. You know they say oh Kristen Bell's America's sweetheart or whatever, and she's an awesome person. She came on the podcast opening up about her depression. She's like you know what? I never talk about my depression like this. I go well, we can stop. She goes no no. It feels comfortable. Yeah. But she is an amazing woman, charitable, beyond, I mean, I, I like unbelievable. I, I could learn so much and have learned so much by her, mm-hmm. from her. When I see you, I just see that same kind of, that pop, that personality, that just like, uh, I want her in my movie. I want her. And I know that Shadowhunters was a hit. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, you did the Christmas special on Netflix and they're all great. And you're doing Arrow and it's one of the biggest shows on TV. Mm-hmm. But I, I see like even bigger and, and, and when I say bigger, you don't need to get bigger to be happier. I just think things, things, these things are going to happen to you. That's just obvious. Thank to me. you. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, the, the whole goal is to continue to tell stories that move people and some things that are interesting, things that reflect the human experience in a way that makes people think. And makes people kind of question the way they do things and, and think about things in a way that they might not otherwise have. Or it just reminds them to feel something. Because in this world, I don't know, I feel like in this day and age with technology and with filters and with everything that we have in social media where everybody's, you know, presenting the best version of their lives, as, as we all do. And that's kind of what social media is. But we forget to be human sometimes. We forget the vulnerable, ugly, weird, dark parts of who we are and of what we go through. What are the ugly, weird parts of you? Ugly, weird parts of me? I have a lot of them. Like what? Oh, God, I don't even know. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of them. What do you them. think of, like, when you think of, like, I don't really love that about myself. I want to change it. Uh, <laughs> one thing I would really like to change. I'm very directionally challenged. And directionally challenged. Directionally challenged. And it's it's kind of silly. And it's getting to a point where, like, I am I need to be a bit more of an adult about this. But Like um, where you're going? Yeah. Like like in a car? Yeah. This is a flaw of yours? It's how one of this many. Is, but how about this? Is, this is just everyone. <laughs> I never know where I am. <laughs> where am I now? No, it's bad. But, Michael, when it's to the point where you're, you're close friends, you say, oh, it's this way. They go 180 degrees in the opposite direction. And they're usually right. 
that's a problem. But that's not really a flaw. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm digging here. Okay. No, I'm not okay. even digging. I just want to know, like you said, there was a couple of things. Is there something like maybe like, for instance, I'm just saying this because yeah. I think you have a beautiful nose. But Thank I'm just you. saying, do you ever look in the mirror and go, I hate my nose? Or do you ever go, I hate my lips? I hate my eyes. I used to think my ears were weird in photos. I like never wanted my ears to show. Why? I, thought, I don't know. I just thought they looked funny. Funny how? I don't know. It just I, I can't quantify it and I could never quantify it. You just it. didn't love your ears. It just wasn't great. And then somebody pulled me aside one day and said, no, they don't look funny. They don't look weird. They're just yours. And that's just you. And I went, you know what? You're right. That's silly of me to. Did someone ever say anything to you? Some guy you're dating or some somebody who was like, hey, your ears are a little crooked. No, I think I just saw one. You know how there's there's always one photo that you look at and you're like, that looks odd. Why one, does that look funny? Every photo I take. Okay, truly, but th- you know what I mean. It's like you'll be looking through social media and sure. there's one comment that God, sticks what? with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. And I think that's what stuck in my head. Yeah, somebody, you know, I try not to do it anymore, but somebody just said something like, there's somebody I look like. And I looked at them like, I'm like, in my head, I was like, kind of like, fuck you, really? That sucks. <laughs> I never play that game with people. But I don't care anymore. It's just like, you know, I've, I've heard a young Chevy Chase, and I've heard things, and I was like, we oh, I that. love Chevy Chase. So, you know, so your ears, you thought for a while, because you are, you, your ears are covered today with they pink are. hair. They are, the headphones and the pink hair. No, but it, it was something that, here's one I can actually talk about. Hang on. You can actually talk about? I can actually, because Is this I, a good one? It is a good one. Okay. I'm a tiny human. You know this about me. I'm, I'm tiny. I've always been small. I had completely written off having any kind of real physical strength. I thought it wasn't possible for me because I'm small. I thought, oh, I'm I'm tiny. I'm never going to be strong in any you're real thin, way. You're thin. You're small. Yeah. Like You're thinking, oh, I, I can never be strong. Yeah. Right. Then when I started training for Shadowhunters, I met these amazing trainers that said, no, no, no. Let us show you. You can th- do this. You just have to do it in the right way because – Growing up, I didn't know how to train properly. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have that kind of knowledge, right? And it completely changed my life. It changed my world. It changed how I feel about myself. It changed my confidence in just being a, a human and being an adult. And it, it changed the way I live my life. So that's that's kind of why fitness is such a big part of who I am. It's It's my me time. It's the one thing every day that I do for me. And I take a couple hours and I you know, do something positive every day. Yeah. Or not every day, but I always make the effort every day because I know there's going to be at least one or two days a week where I don't have time for it. That, you know, that speaks to people who are, to me, it speaks to people that are too skinny, too short, too heavy, too whatever. And everybody always has the excuse. This is how I am. Right. This is just, I have family members who are like, you know, this is just the way it is. And I'm like, if you don't take a step, in the right direction and try and and it, it, it's all about routine isn't it it is it's all about when i stopped working out like i might you know uh, i had a shit happen with my family so i um stopped working out for two weeks boy do i fucking feel it i just feel like i'm falling apart mm-hmm. you know what i mean i know exactly it's for your mental you well-being it's for all these things you don't have to look like uh uh god what's the guy's name from lord of the rings vigo mortensen <laughs> you don't have to look like him right you don't have to have a body that's chiseled. You just have to try You just have to, to feel good about feel you. Feel good about you and whatever that takes yeah. to feel good about you. So it, you may hate working out, but you know what? You're going to feel better once you start doing it and you get more stamina and you get more whatever. Even if it's just taking a walk or sometimes, you know, if I have to be, you know this, we often have to be at work at 
you know, really super early hours of the morning, I'll go run for 10 minutes. It wakes me up, shakes the cobwebs out, and then I don't feel like a zombie going into work. And it gets, you know, I'm suddenly open and awake and present because I've just kind of jolted myself What is the key to... I mean, do you feel like shit right when you wake up? Do you like, oh my god, I just feel cloudy? Do you have a certain diet? Are there f- foods you're adverse, you know, you have adverse reactions, or do you wake up and go, I know what it's going to take to make me feel good. I need to go work out. I need to go for a run. I need to take a shower. Or if you don't do those things, do you feel incomplete? A lot of times. I mean, obviously, given the way I live my life, there are times that I have to be adaptable, which is just those are the choices I make. Like right now, being here on the show, you have to be adaptable to it. <laughs> My crazy, my crazy questions. No, I'm. I, this is very. I, I actually was really, really thrilled that you asked me back. So thank you. Really? So, yeah. Uh, I'm well, really I, happy I, to be I, here. I like you. I think you're a good human being. Thank you. You're genuine, and that's that's why I asked you back. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but for me, I I do like my mornings, and people give me trouble for getting up so early, especially what time? with the schedule I keep. I usually get up between like five and seven every morning. What time do you go to sleep? Between midnight and two, sometimes you get, later. You get four to five hours a night? Yeah. I think that might be like, I don't know if it's schizophrenia. <laughs> there was something my therapist said that if you if you feel like you have tons of energy and you only get two or three hours of sleep, you could be manic. I don't think you're these Maybe that's why I'm an actor. I don't know. No, I, but, but, but I've but, always been that way. How I'm... do you look so, so like refreshed? <laughs> how old are you? I'm 24. That's why. <laughs> you know what's funny? I thought you were 29 or 30. No way. I think because you carry yourself a little more maturely than, uh, yeah, I, well, I thank forgot. You. I forgot. And I probably knew this. And I just was looking at it. It was like, not because you look older, not because yeah. your ears are weird. No. But I... just basically because how you hold yourself. Thank you. you. Know, that's, that's what it is. Thank you very much. Maybe uh, you'll get some more sleep as you get older. Maybe. But that's, that's why I do love international travel or just any kind of plane travel because I sleep. I don't. I that that is when I sleep God, so no soundly. drugs, huh? No. You don't do any pills. No, no. But never the, a sleeping pill. No. Never a Xanax. No. No anxiety. Uh-uh. Never alcohol. Not on planes. But you you have you have an occasional glass of wine. Oh, I I love a good scotch. Have you ever been drunk? Uh, yes. Okay, so these are these not are not on planes though. I don't like drinking. No, on no. Planes. Who does who does that? I don't. You know, I'm not a big <laughs> drinker. But like, you know, I'm just. Have you ever smoked grass in your life? I actually haven't. And that's because I promised a friend of mine that I would smoke for the first time with him. And we've been on opposite ends of the world for far too long. I bet you can't wait for that joint. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you this. I'm not a pothead. I don't smoke much pot. Do you smoke pot, Ryan? No. Okay. But if you do, make sure you get the one that's the mellow stuff. Okay. It's only because it's just, if you just, by the way, if you ever smoke pot, I'm not condoning and I'm not saying go smoke pot. But just take one small hit and wait 25 minutes and just see how you feel. Mm-hmm. You don't need to smoke a whole joint because you you're going to feel like shit. Mm-hmm. And make sure it's the mellow stuff. Okay. If you're going to do that. See, I'm so much – I uh, my thing usually if I'm going to go out with friends and have a drink, I just love a good scotch. I drink like an old man. Scotch? Yeah. I love scotch. No, it's great. What kind of scotch? Lagavulin. That's a good one. That's a good one. I usually go for Lafroig, but that's me. Lafroig. Mm-hmm. Where's that from? France. No. Lafroig. I would assume it's German, Scottish, or Irish. Oh, it's another Scottish. Scottish. Did you think that was the French word for frog? Well, she said Lafroig. <laughs> Lafroig. I don't know. For some reason, it sounded like French. <laughs> Lafroig. I mean, I don't think so. I don't think it's French. Where have you been that you really demand that I go? Have you been to Saint Lucia? 
No, but you that's a need great to band. Go to Saint Lucia. That band? No, it's in the British Virgin Islands. How far is it from LA? Uh, it is. <laughs> I'm trying to remember because I flew from New York when I went there. I think it was about a six-hour flight from New York. So, sixteen. Yeah, I mean, you probably would fly through Miami. If it's you came that from good, here. huh? It's honestly, it's Neverland. It's amazing. St. Lucia. Yes. Are there things to do? Yes. There's so many things to do. There's mountains to climb. There's beaches to sit on. There's things to swim. There's Crystal clear waters? It's gorgeous. Expensive? I, I How much don't would think be a so. trip? We could get into that. But uh, I, I, I want to do that. I think I want to do what, what time of the year? I went in January, like right after New warm? Year's. I forgot it was winter after three days. Because I was going straight from there back to Toronto to shoot Shadowhunters. And I had forgotten it was winter. And about day three, I remembered that I was going to Toronto. (laughs) I'm sitting on a beach, warm, sunny, beautiful. But it's the kind of place that'll rain for 10 minutes. And then you have the most glorious rainbow for the rest of the day. And the sunsets are just unreal. Or you you look one direction. Oh, I think there, there's got to be a nude beach somewhere. But actually, there's there's all these little coves and things that are just untouched beaches that you can wow. take a, a water taxi to, and they'll just drop you off, and you could just have your own private beach for however long you want. And I there's the inland is beautiful enough that you can just explore it and enjoy it, and the food's amazing, and the people are so wonderful. All right, I'm going. I'm it's, going to St. Lucia. Honestly, it was one of the most magical times I've ever had. And one of the times, so my best friend, he tells me, obviously, that I never slow down. And I had never been on a beach vacation in my life because my family always went to the mountains. Right. So I said, I'm going to take you to St. Lucia and we're going to sit on the beach and you're going to do nothing for a week. And I said, it's impossible. Can't be done. I won't do it. I challenge you. He did it. And he got me to sit on a beach for a week and do nothing. Nothing. I mean, I didn't do nothing, but I did more nothing than I've done in quite a while. Wow. I'm going to go to St. Lucia. I really am going to go to St. Lucia. You think I'm kidding, but I'm going to go to St. Lucia. Please go to St. Lucia. I, I just need to have a vacation. You know, I haven't had a vacation in a while where I just like, you know, just enjoy things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to end with this. Okay. Um, I was really hoping Stephen Amell, he said he was going to come by. He asked me for the code to my door and he was just going to come in. Well, we can keep talking until he shows up. I'll, I'll act surprised. <laughs> I've acted surprised before when Stephen shows up in front of me out of the blue. Really? Yeah. Episode eight of four of Arrow. 804? 804. Why do they call it 804? Because it's season eight, episode four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I think it was actually called something else. I don't um, recall. <laughs> Infinite Earths. Yeah. It's a phenomenon. It is. People are really loving it. This is it, though. This is the last season. Last season of Arrow. Arrow is over. Arrow is done. Will they still do crossovers with other shows? I believe so. And I hear you're doing maybe you're doing an Arrow sequel they call it potential spinoff series so basically it's i can't really say much about it at this oh, point because i'm sworn to secrecy i know i'm sorry but here's what i can say the crisis changes everything irreversibly so and that is what we see in this this next thing it's what next what's chapter. N- this next chapter is what happens to mia which it's me so me it's you mm-hmm. it's what happens to you if this, this so you're a big part of this story well, the spinoff it's yeah you yeah you'd be the green arrow maybe have you negotiated for this already <laughs> yeah you have yeah you already know what you're making well and yeah are you excited about it if it happens 
It would be really cool. It's a great, I mean, honestly, Steven has built up this character so much and it's, it is a legacy and you really feel that in this season of Arrow. It's every episode is kind of honoring a different aspect of what has made the last eight seasons so iconic. And you, so, you know, I've got some big boots to fill moving forward. Episode, what episode is aired? Uh, Episode 808 is the one that's next, and that's the Arrow part of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And how many episodes are left before Steven dies or whatever happens to him? Well... Arrow doesn't die. There's no bullshit. Arrow never dies. I mean, spoiler alert for Yeah, I know. He died, but he didn't really... He doesn't die. It's all bullshit. They don't die. I don't know. I don't know. Crisis isn't over. Because because if Batman dies, it's like it doesn't matter. It's like that movie Us you're talking about. When those people in the beginning die, you know they're not going to die. These are are legendary. (laughs) This is Batman. This is... uh, these are you can't kill Oliver Twist, Oliver Queen. Oliver Twist, Oliver Queen. You can't <laughs> I'm do shoot it. Arrow's <laughs> <laughs> You're really good at uh, what's the word? Zip lining your, zip locking your mouth <laughs> with these secrets. <laughs> I mean, you really are. You're tight lipping it. Absolutely. Well, here's here's you, why I know though. you can't say anything. I'm not trying to get anything from you. No, but, I know. But, 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 but for him to die, it's like, do you not think you're going to see the Green Arrow again? It's like it just doesn't. Come on. You think people are crying out there? I mean, if you're really hardcore fans, which you are out there, and it's a great show, and these guys are awesome. But if you're watching it, and then Stephen dies as Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Are you really going? Oh my god! Oh my god! Knowing that he'll be back. That's my take on it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the DC universe has really taken a uh, different. They're like, hey, when people die, they're dead. Like that Marvel movie. I didn't see it, but Endgame. Uh-huh. Didn't a lot of people die? Oh, well, the one before it. Do you not think they're going to come back sometime? <laughs> Fuck you. It's like, you know what it is? It's Jason and Michael Myers. That's true. They're always back. They're coming back. It follows. You know why? You know why? <laughs> why? Because you can't kill them. It's true. This is just my theory. It's true. That's why. Well, you never know. I mean, it's it, the crisis isn't over yet, but uh, it'll be interesting to see things moving forward. Yeah. Um, I, I am really excited, though, to see for people to see the backdoor pilot. And then also this the series finale of Arrow is really special. And it it gives as much closure as anyone can expect I'm gonna from watch eight it. years of a series. I'm going to watch that one. Get yourself I've seen a couple, but before. like I said, I don't, you know, it's not like I know what the hell's going on. It's like, you know, for instance, when I left Smallville after season seven, mm-hmm. I came back for the series finale, that episode. Yeah. So I missed 66 episodes. Oh my gosh. Do you think I watched any of those? Why would I watch any of the episodes that I'm not in? Well, I don't know. I watched six seasons of Arrow to study for it before I started the well, job. Good on you. But that's because I I knew I they so after I was cast. Yeah, I didn't, you're, yeah, right, right. I didn't know I was playing. I didn't know I was auditioning for the Elicity Baby. I didn't know that my character was going to be Oliver and Felicity's child. I had no idea. I was auditioning for a rookie cop that was just kind of adjacent to the story. Right. And then I get a call from the showrunner saying, "Hey, we're so happy to have you on the show. Congratulations. By the way, you're Oliver and Felicity's kid. Congratulations. Okay, great. I'm going. Wait. Oh I'm my sorry. God. What? What did I just sign up for? This is insane. Because I knew I'd seen. Obviously, you know, the internet explodes with elicited content, and Stephen and Emily have built up these characters so much and given them such backstory and depth and nuance that it's a lot of responsibility to take on. And I knew I had my work cut out for me, which is why I watched 
six seasons at the time of the yeah. show because I yeah. wanted to pull as many no, you're smart. traits you really, yeah. and nuances. That's and, and, what makes your performance so much, so dynamic. And I, But I'm asking you this. Mm-hmm. If you were on a show – Arrow mm-hmm. years before, and you got killed off, or you left the show after season four. Would you continue watching all the episodes? It depends. No, it doesn't. It, well, it, it does. I might if I really, really loved the show. If I enjoyed the show as a viewer as well, which I don't know. Maybe I'm just a nerd for the thing. No, I understand of. that. <laughs> I, I don't think. I think I for the first couple seasons when I was on a show, I I, I would watch it, mm-hmm. and then after that, I was like, all right. Unless it was something like, wow, Leximus looks interesting. I'm going to watch that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was an episode where I was good and it was like this dream sequence. And, or if it was an episode that really, like when Christopher Reeve was on, I was like, you know, I'm going to watch that. That's cool. There were certain episodes, but I, ultimately it just, it just didn't make sense Yeah, for me to watch myself anymore. I was like, okay, after 60, 60, 70 episodes, then I, sure. I just didn't No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that. This has been really fun. Do you, do you like Catherine, Ryan? I do. It's been fun. Thank you. Yeah, yeah she's... You. Man, you're so happy. I'm stubbornly optimistic. Yeah, but that's the way to be. You know, I'm like that in certain ways. Like, when I went to Germany with my band, Rob kept saying, Rob and Tom, they're like, Lally especially, such an internal uh, uh, pessimist. Just like, <laughs> supposed to rain the whole week. I'm like, no, it's not. Have you checked the weather? What does it say? 70 percent. i'm like it's not gonna rain why are you looking at that just get in a fucking plane and land if you need a rain jacket get a rain jacket when you get there don't start putting negative shit in your head it ain't raining or just walking the rain. Gonna probably yeah it could be out for up to two days nah we'll be back in a couple hours that's that's the way i think i really do yeah. when it comes to shit like that i'm like no i'll be fine <laughs> see for me i always find the silver lining if it's gonna rain well that's fun i love walking in the rain Oh. Or if the power's going to be out for two days, I just shut it light down. some no, candles. It's not, not going to rain. <laughs> light some candles. Have a fire pit. It's going to be fun. Do you like Christmas? I do love Christmas. Do you have a Christmas tree? I haven't put it up yet, but I have one. I have a lot of ornaments, ornaments I haven't put up. Can you put yeah. those up? I would love to. You want to know what's funny, though? Because <laughs> I've moved so many times and lost or thought I lost my Christmas tree about four times. So I have about four Christmas trees. Are you serious? They're obviously yeah, fake. They are. Yeah, obviously. They have real, <laughs> you think they'll, they'd be alive? I have a little Christmas forest. Idiot. And I don't, I don't know. How, I think I opened up an old storage unit that I had and realized that I had two Christmas trees. And then I had one in my storage unit in my garage and then one in my closet in my house. And I went, oh. Well, I'm just very festive, I guess. Yeah, you are. You know, I think I, I'd like you to come back at least once a, a year. Okay. So you've come back. This will air probably, you know, in um, January. Great. Perfect. So then you'll have to come and do an episode for the following year because I feel like you're just, you're a good spirit. You're a good egg. And no matter how famous you get, you'll still come back. Always. Even if this is one of the worst podcasts ever and not doing well. Uh, your parents are listening. You'll still come back. Oh, for sure. I actually can't tell you the number of people that come up to me and go, oh my God, I listened to you on Rosenbaum's podcast. Really? And they know me from your podcast before I've met them. You know, I get that a lot where people will say, I didn't know much about Catherine McNamara. I didn't know who she was. I wasn't going to listen. And then I listened and I really learned a lot about whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole purpose. Mm -hmm. If they know that I'm going to try and get things and, and, and make people make these actors or or musicians or athletes talk like human beings, be human beings, talk about adversity or what they love or what they're grateful for or whatever. If you can normalize like 
you know, mental health and all that shit. I, yeah. I think I think it just helps. So I like having someone who has the spirit that you do, and that's just as important as those people who have faced a lot darker shit because it's you're the light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. Well, and it's maybe. not that it's not that I haven't faced dark shit. Oh, yeah, because I I've been through a lot of that in my life, and it got that's why I'm such an. Well, let's get though. into that. Well, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Okay. well, maybe someday. Someday, but. I got to a point in my life where I could have gone down a really dark path or I could have chosen to deal with what I was going through in a positive way. And it was kind of a turning point where I said, okay, well, I can wallow in this and let it consume me or I can go through it and be a better person for it on the other side and learn to turn it into a positive situation. And maybe out of survival, maybe out of the people that I was surrounded with, I've ended up on the positive route. And to me, there's so many things in life that are in the end so trivial or so small or just pass you by. And there's no need to make them a huge problem or to be upset about them or be, you know, brought down by them. If, If you can laugh about it and if you can find the silver lining and move on and move through it, yes, there are things in life that you have to go through and you have to feel and you have to acknowledge and work through and feel and feel. And that's important. That's why I do what I do is to try and highlight those parts of life. But you don't have to live in that all the time. You don't have to let that become who you are. You can allow yourself to grow from it and move on from it and use that as a way to make yourself stronger and make yourself just appreciate the good in life because you know that it's not always that way. Catherine, thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to uh, Catherine McNamara. A lot of fun. She's a uh, she's pretty dynamic. Uh, a little shout out to uh, all my patrons, my lovely patrons. Here they are: Allison, Mark, Jason D. I knew a guy named Jason Dix in school, but Jason D is not Jason Dix. Lauren G, Nansen, Nansen, Nancy D, she's going to kill me for that. Barry L, Barry, I want you to yell at me on Patreon. Just say Rosenbaum, it's not Barry L, but that L looks like an I. Barry L, Lee S, Jason W, Bob B, Bortex, my good old Bortex, and Yukiko, Yukiko, Nico P, Jill E, Angelina G, Trisha, Dion K, Emma H, Kevin R, Robert B, Jerry W, Sarah V, Taylor B, and Emily. Good old Emily. Thank you for supporting, patron. Thanks for uh, subscribing to Inside of You. It's been a, it's been a real treat so far. We've had three great guests now on the podcast. We had Marina Backrin, we had Stephen Amell, we had McNamara. We've got some other great guests coming up, and then the videos. Boy, do we have some great guests coming up for the videos i mean i got i'm doing five podcasts coming up next week which won't air for a little while but they're all video so that's going to be neat some big comedians we got some uh we got the guy uh, somebody from maybe an hbo hit series coming on mm-hmm. i think it's on hbo mm-hmm. it is right mm-hmm. yeah we got uh um somebody who has a very famous family who's also famous who i'm gonna get dirty with well that doesn't sound right anyway Uh, Thanks for all the support. Join Patreon if you want. Subscribe. Tell your friends about the podcast.
And thank you for all this uh, on like uh, the messages. Oh, that's what I wanted to read. I wanted to read a message, Brian. Oh, right. These are letters from fans. And I think, look, I get all these letters. And especially like after the Stephen and Mel episode came on. And um, let's see. Michael, I have been wanting to write to thank you for this podcast for a few weeks now. But this morning on the way to work, I was listening to episode 97 with Stephen and Mel. And something was said that hit me like a ton of bricks. You said to Stephen that he was in mourning of his show. That was a part of his life. It hit me hard because I am retiring from the army after 22 years. The tears started immediately, but soldiers aren't supposed to cry. Well, we know that's not true, my friend. The last few months have been hard. I have lacked energy, motivation. I never thought of it in this way until you said it. I am in mourning of my military career. I don't know why we're on, but I'm a little emotional right now. I'm just looking at this going, wow. Uh, Anyway, I have never felt more alive as I did when I was in combat or jumping out of planes and hanging out with my brothers doing dangerous, crazy, or plain just dumb shit. Now that is gone. I am crying again as I write this. Thank you. You and Stephen have helped me name this thing that I am going through. I am in mourning. Naming it has opened up the gates and tear ducts, gotten the ball rolling to acceptance and understanding. Thank you, Bob. Hey, if I, if I may offer a suggestion, I know you have actors, musicians, athletes on your podcast. Have you considered having any soldiers, airmen, or Marines? Many are also musicians, actors, and all warriors, athletes. Very few have the resources that you have been fortunate to have, yet still learn to deal with and grow from them. Just a thought. Bob. You know what? You just opened my eyes, Bob. I, I'd love to have someone who's been through it, you know? protected us and um in the armed forces and somebody who's been through some stuff and can give me some perspective more perspective because we can't imagine we could just sit there and say oh he's so brave and thank you but the the crap you guys go through women men is just we don't know all we could do is thank you and it's sort of like that gray area where you're not sure i mean you see movies and you see tv and you know you hear about people losing their lives it's tough. So, Bob, thank you, and I will consider absolutely having um, soldiers or airmen or Marines on. See, th- these letters are they're great. Shall I read one more? Sure. Okay, this one is from Jose. Good afternoon, Michael and team. Team would be Ryan, maybe Bryce, Mia. Jess. Jess. Just wanted to give a quick insight to listener, to a listener, me, and change slash expand Rosenbaum's idea of who his listeners are. Okay, here we go. Maybe I should have read this one. Uh-oh. My apologies, but I have never watched an episode of Smallville in my life. And I'm sure the show is great. I just never had the time to watch the with school and work. and Couldn't have picked Michael out of a lineup before listening to the podcast. Well, you're, you along with others. I first stumbled upon Inside of You via Tiger Belly. That's Bobby Lee's show that I've been on four times, and he's coming back. And quickly backtracked and listened to all available episodes and have been listening ever since I listen because the shows and interviews are real. Michael has genuine curiosity and asks real questions that anyone and everyone would want to ask. I divorced from my wife about a year ago and found it so helpful to listen and know that other people have problems too. We all do by the way, buddy, we all do. It doesn't matter who you are. You have problems. If you're celebrities, you create your own problems. We all have issues to deal with and that there's a path to continue no matter what life throws at you. So I just want to thank the team, Ryan, Jessica, Bryce, Mia, 
for continuing to do the shows, even if Rosie isn't getting rich off of them, <laughs> and plan on becoming a Patreon slash patron to show how much the podcast means to me. Cheers to an awesome 2020. I swear to God, I didn't read this. What I do is I, Jose Vega wrote that. I, I just, I, I get a bunch of emails that just forwards to me from the, uh, uh, it's uh, hello at insideofyoupodcast.com. You can write the letters. And also, if you tweet something, I'll, I'm sure I'll get it. But she forwards them to me, and I just I forward them and paste them all on one page so I can just scroll down and read random. And I, and I actually choose just not to read them until I'm reading them to you. And I think that was pretty awesome. They both were awesome, these letters. So thank you, Jose. Thank you, everyone, for reaching out, taking the time to write about how you feel about the show. And, you know, also write a review. But uh, thank you guys and continue uh, continue the support. Try to breathe every day. Just breathe in, breathe out. Try not to go through the motions like we all do. And just uh, enjoy the moment, man. Enjoy the moment. Thank you for allowing me inside of all of you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.